Welcome back, MTN Giants Podcast. Kickoff is in less than 24 hours, so if you watch this in time, that's good. If not, I don't blame you. I probably should have got this out yesterday, but that's on me. The Giants visit the 49ers. They're at San Francisco. They stayed on the West Coast, which was smart, coming from Arizona, going to San Francisco. San Fran is a favorite by 10 points. It was 10 and a half at one point, so hey, that's good. Got a half point in our favor. The Giants have some key injuries, very key injuries. Saquon Barkley with the ankle is out. Brian Dable tried telling us there was a chance he was going to play, but that was not going to happen. That made no sense. Andrew Thomas, and I was wrong about this. My gut told me he was going to play in this game. I figured they were going to keep him out for the Cardinals game, more like precaution, but I guess the hammy's that bad. So he's out once again. Ben Bredesen, concussion, no surprise, he's out. Aziz Ojolari still out with the hammy as well. Micah McFadden questionable with a neck injury. And we could see the season debut of Wandale Robinson, who, according to Jordan Ronan, he was ready to go last week, but the Giants didn't think it made sense because, you know, why rush him back? I mean, if they lost the game, that would have been a bad look, but they won. So Wandale Robinson may play tomorrow. That'd be a nice addition to this offense. I have not been too impressed by Paris Campbell so far. He did make that nice catch on third and nine, third and 10, whatever it was, but still. Um, for the Niners, the only big injury for them is Brandon Ayuk, which is a big injury. Very good wide receiver. He has a shoulder injury, probably a game time decision. Even if he's out, though, it's like they still have so many good weapons on that team. So, you know, but I think for their sake, they'd much rather have him than have to rely on like Jawan Jennings as wide receiver too. For San Francisco, they've been off to a great start. As expected, they killed the Steelers in Pittsburgh week one, 30 to seven. Then last week, the Rams gave them a game for about the first three quarters. But of course, in the fourth quarter, the Niners pulled away, beating the Rams 30-23. to And really, it was 30-20, but Sean McVay pulled one of the worst bad beats you'll see in betting as the, uh, I think the line closed at 7.5 in favor of the Niners, and they were up 10. And for no reason at all, with four seconds left in the game, McVay kicks a field goal. So if you picked the Rams in that game with the spread, lucky you. But as I said, last week's game was pretty close between the Rams and the Niners. That gives me some optimism here that like, okay, the Niners are not untouchable. They're very good, but they're not untouchable because the Rams are not that great. Their roster is not what it used to be. I know they won the Super Bowl pretty recently, but you know, their top receivers, Puka Nakua is like a, like a fifth round pick or something out of nowhere. I mean, the guy is like breaking records and stuff, but no Cooper cup and, and so much of that defense is gone. So for them to keep that game close, I mean, in fairness, Matt Stafford's played great. I'll give him credit, but for them to keep that game close gives me a little optimism that maybe the Giants can do the same thing. Let's start with the Giants offense. And as I said, there is no Saquon Barkley, so it will look different. There is no um, Andrew Thomas either or Ben Bredesen. So we'll get into the possible offensive line. Um, but anyway, running back distribution. Matt Breda should be the lead guy. And you know I love a revenge game. Matt Breda came up with the 49ers, had some moments with them. So a revenge game for Mr. Matt Breda. Um, behind him, Gary Brightwell, Eric Gray, the rookie. I would expect it to go Breda, Brightwell, Gray. That's why I would pretty much rank these guys into how much I expect to see them. Um, I expect Breda to get the first carry. 
they probably won't have much running success, I would think, versus a defense like this, but crazier things have happened, I guess. The offensive line will definitely be tested. I expect it to be left tackle Izuda, left guard Glowinski again, which he played in the second half on Sunday versus the Cardinals after the Bredesen injury, JMS at center, of course, McKeithen back at right guard, and Evan Neal at right tackle, which might be scary going against Nick Bosa for most of the game. So hopefully Evan Neal looks okay, but tough matchup. The Niners have a defensive line that is obviously it's been deadly for years, but it's still the same. Um, Cleland Farrell, remember that guy, the former uh, fourth overall pick with the uh, Raiders? I think that was the Daniel Jones draft. It was, yeah. So 2019 fourth overall pick did not work out in Oakland slash Vegas, but he's actually been playing like okay so far for the 49ers. Um, Eric Armstead's still there. Javon Hargrave, the... Uh, the signing from the Eagles, he's played very well so far. Nick Bosa, who won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Drake Jackson, I liked him at a USC. I remember had a big play on the first drive in the Week 1 game versus the Steelers. Javon Kinlaw is another top, uh, I think he was a number 12 pick or 14 pick or something like that. He was a high pick. So, so much talent on this defensive line for San Francisco versus a Giants offensive line that... Once again, we'll be very tested in this game. At linebacker, they still have Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, so that's good. Their secondary, I mean, I think the one weak part of this defense might be the cornerbacks outside of Trevarius Ward, the former chief, who's had a really good Niners career so far. I think it's his second year there, but he's been great. Um... But, like, Isaiah Oliver's there as well, former Falcon. He's okay, but I don't know any of these other guys, so I'm not too worried about that. So maybe pick on their slot corner, second corner. Like, that's probably the one place you can beat them. They got that safety Hufanga out of USC. He always seems to make a play, like, every game. Deshaun Gibson, veteran safety, good player still. So, yeah, defense is nasty, and with the Giants having some of their main offensive guys out, like arguably they're not even arguably their two best offensive players are out. Like Andrew Thomas is probably their best offensive player in general. Their best skill position player in Saquon Barkley is out. So you're going to need a big game from Darren Waller. You're going to need a big game from like Slayton or um, Jalen Hyatt or Wandale maybe comes back and has a, a good game, but somebody or probably two people have to step up for this offense. I also wonder who will be calling the plays because that was some big controversy. I kind of went over that in my reaction to the Cardinals game. Not that it matters that much, but like, it's just funny because at this point, it's like, it's like a whole big secret. Like, does it really matter? Like, I understand Brian Dable, you want to kind of stick up for your guy. And I know that Mike Kafka is probably going to get more head coaching interviews assuming this offense doesn't like implode this year so i get that part of it but like why is it gotta be such a secret like if you were calling plays for a half just say it like okay the offense was awful we scored zero points in six quarters i wanted to try something different like i think people would understand that so i don't know it's just funny how that worked but i would think mike kafka's back to calling plays entirely um but if dable has the play sheet and he's like talking into it again like that might be a sign that hey uh maybe he's not calling plays so i don't know we'll, we'll find out what happens with that but obviously if dable was calling plays in the second half which people are convinced he was and i mean based on the looks of it it seems like he was justin pennick of talking giants made a great video 
uh, going over the entire thing, comparing it to the week one game versus the Cowboys. And it just, you could see the difference. Like Brian Dable did not even have a play sheet in week one. So it seems like something was different there. But I like to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if they had that much second half success with Brian Dable calling the plays, why would you go away from it? That's how I feel. But if he feels bad about taking that title away from Mike Kafka, you know, okay, I get it. But I don't know. So we'll see what happens with that. For the Giants defense, this will be a tough task for them. Number one, I have stop CMC. Christian McCaffrey has gotten off to a tremendous start this year. He had, I think the first game was 22 carries, 152 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown. Last week was 20 carries, 116 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. So he's been off to a phenomenal start in his age 27 season. And obviously, the Giants' run defense thus far has been pretty underwhelming. You look at the James Conner game he had over 100 yards. Tony Pollard was not asked to do a whole lot, but he was still good and efficient. I think he scored a couple touchdowns in that game too. So... Yeah, the Giants run defense has sucked this year, and this is a great running team. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan always has a great rushing attack, whether it's Christian McCaffrey, whether it was Jeff Wilson, whether it was Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, name any freaking random Niners running back, Matt Breda, they were making that work. So Christian McCaffrey, you hate to see that. Um, Brock Purdy has looked good so far. I definitely was skeptical coming into this year. Not to be a hater, but he has made me look pretty stupid so far. He's overthrown a couple guys, probably could have had a couple extra touchdowns last week, but nonetheless, they've had a really good offense so far this year. Um, Purdy has no turnovers, I believe, as well, and that's what he has to do, is just make the throws he's supposed to make and not turn the ball over, and the Niners, you know, they should win a lot of games. I feel like George Kittle's going to have a nice game. I just have this feeling he's going to score a touchdown. So if George Kittle scores, I just would not be surprised. It just feels like that's one of those things that's going to happen, especially if Brandon Ayuk is out and he gets more looks. That's definitely going to be like, okay, I might go and bet that to happen because I just feel like it's going to happen. The pass rush for the Giants has been very weak the past two games and the start of this season. I think outside of Dexter Lawrence, I know Leonard Williams had the four pressures last week okay. Didn't even feel like it. But these guys, if they want to win this game, the pass rush has to be consistently good. You can't go to sleep for a half because you'll be down 27-0 at halftime. You have to have a full four quarters of playing good defense on the defensive line. You can't go away for a half against a team like this. It worked last week because you played the, the worst team in the football. But when you play one of the best teams in football, that ain't going to fly. So... Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, I can't even call out Dexter Lawrence because I think he's been fine, but, you know, Boogie Bash and whoever fills in, like, they have to be better, so that has to happen if they want to win this game. I will say, San Francisco's offensive line, it's not what it used to be. Like, you look at Trent Williams at left tackle, he's 35 years old, still very elite, so nothing bad to say there. But the rest of this offensive line, I mean, Aaron Banks, he was the second-round pick in 21. He has not had a great career. I don't know anybody else on this offensive line. Like, it just feels like this this offensive line is very beatable. They obviously get by due to scheme and having amazing weapons and a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and a great rushing attack. But it's not like you look at the Niners' offensive line and think, oh, my God, they're so scary. Like, they're not. I just think they have a great play caller and great weapons. Um, a few years ago, they had... 
McGlinchey at right tackle. You had Lakin Tomlinson. You had Alex Mack that one season. Like th- That was scary. But this offensive line, it looks beatable, aside from Trent Williams, which I would think Kayvon might go against him a lot this week. So that's a tough task for him. But I want to see Kayvon and Leonard Williams make some plays. Like, can you make a play for us? Can you get a sack when we need it? Can we get a run stop when we need it? Like, those guys have to show up more. Um a guy who's taking top five, a guy who's making way too much money, Leonard Williams, they have to make more plays. Um, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are elite wide receivers. Um, Debo's like part running back too sometimes, but not as much these days with McCaffrey. But even Jawan Jennings, he'll make a play here and there. Like I feel like he makes a big play every game. So it's going to be tough to stop these guys. Like it, I just don't want this to get out of hand. Like don't make this week one part two like don't make this like a 40 to nothing game like if they can keep this like within like 10 points i think i'll walk away being like all right i didn't think it would win anyway but like just to keep it within 10 it's like okay like even the spread is 10 points i was if they cover the spread it's like all right well at least they didn't get embarrassed which i know there's no moral victories out here but like when you're under man like this and you're playing on the road on a thursday i mean the good news is some wacky stuff happens on thursday so I guess if there was one time where you want to play the 49ers on the road, it's probably something like this, like early in the season, Thursday night. So you have that going for you. And more good news, after this game, the Giants don't play until next Monday, which is like, when is that? Like October 6th or something? Like it's a long ways away. No, that's a Friday. What the hell am I saying? October 2nd. All right, it's close enough. October 2nd. So they're going to play on the 21st of September and then not play again until the 2nd of October. So that's a... It's like a bye week and a half right there. Like, you have a lot of time off after this. So that's the good news. Get your guys healthy. Um, you play a Seattle team in week four who is pretty equal to the Giants, I would say. They're, they're like the same team, basically. I think Seattle might be a little better. But still, I, I think I saw, of course, I was looking ahead. I saw in DraftKings that right now, and of course, a lot can change from now till then. But right now, Seattle is a one-point favorite against the Giants at MetLife. So that would tell you Seattle is the better team based on the, what Vegas is saying, and I do agree. But, you know, injuries could happen. The Seahawks might drop a game to the freaking Panthers this week. Who knows? The Giants might come out and look good in this game. Who knows? A lot can change once again. So, you know, am I a little disappointed that certain guys are out this game, like Thomas, like Aziz? I mean, yeah, but at least we get Wandell back. Hopefully, it's not 100%, but hopefully we get him back. So that'd be good to see. But if I had to guess like a score, I'm probably going like 27-14 with the Niners. I mean, hate to be that guy, but I just I just feel like they are so much better right now. The Giants have a lot of key injuries offensively. Now, if Daniel Jones can play like he's got in the second half, like, like he did in the second half versus Arizona, then obviously this Giants team has a chance. But how much of that was like the Arizona Cardinals, how much of that was the worst team in football getting ahead of themselves and like not being prepared in the second half. Like, you know, I want to see that carry over. Can Jones do in the second half in Arizona? Um, can he do this in San Francisco as well? Not to that level because that's kind of impossible against a team that good, but can he look somewhere near that? That's what we're hoping for. So we'll see if that can carry over. So I have the Giants losing like 27-14-ish or something like that. This game kind of reminds me, and I said this on Twitter the other day, or X it's called nowadays. Um, it reminds me of the 2019 Giants game when they were at New England. I forget what week this was. Like week four. It was like early in the season. It was week four. Saquon was out. 
because he stalled the ankle injury that he had in week three. So this might have been week five, actually, or something like that. I don't know. But early season game in New England, 2019, it was Daniel Jones's like third or fourth career start. You had Saquon out, which is the same as it is now. So it's kind of reminiscent of that. And at that time, that was Brady's last season in New England. So the Patriots were still like, you know, one of those teams. They were they won the Super Bowl the year prior. So they were like one of the top teams in the league. And obviously San Fran's the same way. So there's a lot of connections from that 2019 game to this one. Elite team on the road, no Saquon. Um, Daniel Jones will probably have no help in this game. Like, not to make excuses, of course, but like still, you know what I mean. But John Hilleman was the running back in that game. Remember that name, John Hilleman, the Rutgers guys? So long time ago, but that was a blast from the past. The Giants lost that game 35-14. to so, in fairness, you know, a good fan like me expects them to lose by less. I have 27-14, so that, that's a positive. Um, all right, so with that being said, we will get to the spread picks, which we're doing earlier this week, obviously. Usually I do this on Friday, so less of an advantage. But, hey, the good news is last week I went 8-6-1. We'll take it. And I lost one game by half a point because for some reason Atlanta was favored by one and a half. And guess what they won by? One. I don't know how Vegas does it. I don't think football is fixed. I'm not one of those people that thinks they fix the games. But how the, like, first off, how do you even think to make a one and a half point spread? And then how does the team win by one? Like, how do they decide that? Like, how did they know that the freaking Falcons would be down two at the end of the game? And then Arthur Smith was going to play for the one point win. Like, how do they know this? It just doesn't make sense. So anyway... I should have had an extra win. I'm obviously salty about that. But anyway, 8-6-1. The season record is now 14-15-1. So we're doing we're doing all right. I feel like the betting this year has been good for me. I bet heavy on the Steelers on uh, Monday night. And my God, Kenny Pickett looked awful. But the defense and TJ Watt bailed me out. So thank you to those guys. But anyway, let's get into the week three spread picks. First game is the first Thursday game we're picking. Uh, Giants at San Francisco. Minus 10 for San Francisco. The Giants have hurt me enough this year. I'm 0-2 with them. So give me the Niners. I'll take them. You can't hurt me no more, Giants. Um, Tennessee at Cleveland. Interesting game here. Um, I think I'm going to take Tennessee. I think I will. Yeah. Short week for Cleveland. Tennessee looked competent last week. They weren't great. I, I still think the Chargers probably should have won that game. But I'll take the underdog. They're, they're close teams in my opinion. So give me the points. I'll take Tennessee plus three. I forgot to I have to type these out to make it easier for myself. San Fran minus 10. Tennessee plus three. Definitely was a lot faster when I typed them out. Um, Atlanta at Detroit. Okay, this should be fun. Detroit minus three. Detroit has some injuries. I know David Montgomery, the running back's probably out. St. Brown hurt his toe. Might be turf toe or something. Um... Man, how's the uh, Lions run defense been this year? That's the real question. You know, I'll take Detroit. I don't, like, they've been playing, they, as in the Falcons, have been playing from ahead a lot this year, and actually, I shouldn't say that because they came back against the uh, Packers, but I feel like that was kind of lucky. Um, I want to see Desmond Ritter on the road to play from behind. So, you know what, give me the uh, Lions minus three. I just got to see it to believe it with Desmond Ritter. I'm not totally sold yet. But B. John Robinson, by the way, dude is phenomenal. Like, that is a touched by the hand of God type prospect, as Dave Gettleman once said. Um, Saints at the Packers. Interesting. I remember this was the opening night game in like 2011, maybe. I'm kind of like dating myself here. That's probably the season the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011 because I know the Packers won the year prior. But anyway, 
New Orleans at Green Bay. New Orleans is a two-point underdog. Um, man, that's a tough one. Because Green Bay, like, they didn't look that great last week. I'll take New Orleans. I don't love them. I feel like Derek Carr played awful on Monday, but... Still, I feel like New Orleans is the better overall team. Like, these teams are close. They're close. But, like, once again, I'll take the points. I'll take the veteran quarterback as compared to, like, the... He feels like a rookie, but it's his fourth year in in Jordan Love. So, I'll take the Saints as a two-point underdog in this one. Next, we have the Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins. Denver is a a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Jeez. Hmm. That seems like too many points. It does. But I did a video on this recently. Remember this. If you guys follow my NFL videos, I made the whole video about how playing in Miami during September is probably one of the, probably the greatest home field advantage for any team in the NFL. Because, not to spoil the entire video, if you want a more in-depth look, go back and watch it. But the Miami Dolphins sideline has their own bench in the shade and they put the visitors in the sun so it's like 20 degrees warmer for the opponent which it gets to like 110 or even more degrees during these september day games and the dolphins wear their white jerseys so denver will probably have their blue jerseys on very hot um so that kind of factors into my decision here um i will still take the broncos because you're owing to Sean Payton's first year, like you have to throw out, you have to throw out everything you can to win this game. You can, this is not a game you can take lightly. If you're Denver, Miami's two and zero already, so it's not like this game means as much to them. But yeah, I don't love Denver, but whatever, I'll, I'll take them plus six and a half. They almost pulled off a great comeback win. Well, I shouldn't say comeback because they were up twenty one three on the freaking Commanders, but they blew that somehow. But they still came back in the end. Um, this is a pick'em. Wow. Okay. Los Angeles Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings, a pick'em. So you just straight up pick Chargers season on the line. Oh man, this is a close. I'm taking the Chargers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fool with the Chargers. I always pick them, but I'll just take the Chargers and a pick'em here because once again, like both teams have their season on the line here, but I just think that the Chargers are better. Like their, their roster overall is better. Minnesota doesn't have a defense. I would think that Justin Herbert can, you know, dice them up. I saw today someone retweeted that Justin Herbert, well, you know, it wasn't a Justin Herbert tweet exactly, but the Chargers are the only team in the NFL to start 0-2 when their offense has over 50 points in the first two games, or it might have been 60. I think it was 50, though. Was it 60 or 50? I forget. But anyway, so people that blame Justin Herbert, I don't get it. The Chargers defense has to be better. And Brandon Staley is a defensive coach, which makes it even worse. But anyway, I'll take the Chargers and the pick them. Um, New England Patriots at the Jets. This might be a boring-ass game. My God. Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites at MetLife. Um, Man, I feel like Zach Wilson versus Bill Belichick defenses has been so bad. Like, there was that game last year in New England where Zach Wilson and the Jets offense were averaging two inches per play in the second half. Yes, two inches per play. Um, I'll take New England. New England minus two and a half. I just, I feel bad for the Jets and their fans, but like, you know, that team stinks now. What can I say? Um, And plus, their defense was supposed to show up last week. They didn't. They allowed like 30 points to the Cowboys. I'm sure the Zach Wilson interceptions did not help, but anyway, Buffalo Bills at the Washington Commanders. I'm I'm feeling the Commanders here. 
I think the Commanders put up points in this one. I'll take the Commanders. They're a plus six and a half. That's too many. I'll take Washington plus six and a half. They're the home team too. I feel like, you know, Buffalo, I expected to win by a lot last week as they did. I think the Commanders might be like sneaky, not good, but like, all right. You know, like I think people expected them to suck this year, but they're actually like not that bad. Because when they came back from 21-3 last week in Denver, that was impressive. That's a tough place to play, obviously, with the altitude. And for Sam Howell in his, like, what is it, fourth start? Might have been his third start, right? Yeah, third career start to come back and win that game. It's, like, pretty crazy. So Washington plus six and a half, I'll take. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are a minus nine and a half. The Jaguars need a get-right game because they have not looked right on offense so far this year. I don't even think they scored a touchdown versus the Chiefs last week. I think I'll take Jacksonville minus 9.5. Like, it's it's a big spread. They haven't looked sharp this year yet, but my concern is that the Texans might backdoor this game because they have been the garbage-time team this year. Like, if you have Nico Collins in the fantasy, like, you know about this. Like, they are the... You know, even Tank Dell had a touchdown late in the game. Like, they are a backdoor-type team. So I am concerned about that, but I do think Jacksonville should get a lead early. Is it a big enough lead to cover 9.5? We'll see. But I'll take the Jags as 9.5-point favorites. The Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. This one is tough because I don't know if Anthony Richardson's going to play. He suffered a concussion in the game last week, and sometimes concussions take a couple weeks to, you know, come back from. So if it's Gardner Minshew, I don't feel good about the Ravens. I mean, it's a plus, they're a plus eight, the uh, Colts. I'll take the Colts plus eight, hoping that Anthony Richardson can come back. That'd be cool. But if it's Minshew, then yeah, I probably would have lost this spread. But we'll see what happens. Um, Carolina, they are on the road at Seattle. Seattle's a five and a half point favorite. Um, I'll take Seattle. Tough place to play. The Panthers' offense is putrid. There's nothing good about it. And Bryce Young is, you know, having his third career start. Is it his first road start, too? They were home last week. Were they home in week one? I think they were, right? I don't know. I think I'm right, but it could be Bryce Young's first road start. So I'll take the Seahawks minus five and a half. They do have a lengthy injury report, though. That's the one concern about them, but hopefully they get some guys back. Big spread here, and it's just like the Bears are a freaking train wreck right now. Like, what happened with their defensive coordinator, which they're not revealing the details, but yikes, that's a rough situation there, if, that, if that's what I think it is. Um, Chiefs minus 12.5. The Chiefs have not looked great this year, but I feel like they can really beat the crap out of this Bears team. But as a Justin Fields guy, which I am for now, you guys know the story. I, I didn't like him at first. Last year, I got, you know, sucked back in. Pause. I was in on Justin Fields this year, and it has not gone well. He had this long interview today talking about how he's going to just play like himself and not worry about, you know, playing like a robot, as he said. I'll, I'll take the Bears. They, they can hopefully cover a freaking 12.5-point spread. That's a lot. So Bears plus 12.5 for me. I could definitely see the uh, Chiefs winning this one like 38-10. It would not surprise me, but hopefully not. Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals. Minus 12 for the Cowboys on the road. Wow. Um, a lot of points, obviously. I'll take Dallas. I, Dallas is so dominant. I'll take Dallas. Because like I didn't want to take both of these teams, the big uh, the big favorites. So I'll take the Bears, and I'll also take the uh, the Cowboys. I'll take one of these big favorites. So Cowboys minus 12 for me. 
I don't think Arizona is good. I just think the Giants were not awake in the first half and they were not ready for that game, which is a bad look, obviously, but, you know, is what it is. Uh, Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. This might be a snooze fest here, too. This is a Sunday night game because the NFL has to have two Monday night games again. The Raiders are one and a half point favorites. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I'm still kind of bought in on the Steelers, but Kenny Pickett has looked bad. But I also don't think the Raiders are good. If there's one thing I'm taking, it's the under. That's for sure. I don't even know what the over-under is, but I feel like it's going to go under. Um, Man, I'll just continue my Steelers love. Just give me the Steelers. Pittsburgh plus one and a half for me. Don't feel good about it, obviously, but I'll take it. Um, Philadelphia Eagles on the road at Tampa Bay. Eagles a minus five in this one. The Eagles have extended rest. They actually have been off for a long time because they played last Thursday. This is a Monday game once again. And while my guy Baker Mayfield has looked good this year, I think that might come to a crashing halt in this game. I'll take Philly minus five. Hope it's a close game, though, because I don't want to watch a blowout on Monday. This game is weird because I don't know who the quarterback is for the Bengals. It might be Joe Burrow. It might be, uh, what's his name, Jake Browning or something, I think his name is. I don't know. But Rams at Bengals. Bengals favorites by two and a half right now. I would think with this type of spread that they expect Joe Burrow to play. Now, he will not be 100%, definitely. But the Bengals need this game bad. Like, the Rams did not have expectations this year. They were supposed to be a bad team. They're 1-1. One one. But the Bengals are 0-2. So I assume that unless this Burrow injury is that bad, I expect Burrow to gut through it and play in this game and do enough to win this game. So I'll take the Bengals minus 2.5. I've taken them every week so far this year. They're 0-2 against the spread. I'll give them one last chance. So anyway... That'll do it for the Week 3 Giants preview, plus the NFL spread picks. Hopefully we do well in these, and hopefully the Giants keep it close once again. I, I don't expect to win, gotta be honest, but if they can pull that out somehow, that's great. I just, you know, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but gonna need some turnovers, gonna need your pass rush to step up for once, gonna need your offensive line to not get demolished, and gonna need Daniel Jones to play like second-half Arizona Daniel Jones. So we'll see if that stuff happens. Hope you guys enjoyed the video podcast and i'll talk to you guys next time